it here was you shuffling papers around and i couldn't see you it was very <laughs> ominous it wasn't plugged in i had to shuffle around plug shuffle up in. i guess shuffle up i guess hey which hey hey which hey how you doing good how are you how's your tea what what, what are you drinking right now this is called breathe easy tea it's got Ooh. a ton of stuff in it but i've never had it before so here we go traditional medicinals or like yogi or something like that Ooh, i love like the yellow teas. box they're so soothing the throat coat one is oh, this is very similar. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. It's very Does it good. Does it have that like um, Ella Campaign or the licorice root in yeah, it? Yeah, licorice. And it had like marshmallow root and mullen. Mm -hmm. um, dude, I have mullen. Lori told me I got mullen growing in my yard. Yeah. I transplanted, which is like good for your, your lungs and things. So I need that today. Right. Have you ever used it? Did you know you could use mullen as like a witch's torch kind of deal? Oh, like a like bundle it up? Like you can there was this one youtuber i forget his name but he he harvested like mullen and there's something that you could do that make that you can make like a torch out of it wow yeah. cool yeah it's so crazy it was crazy yeah the petals the big leaves are so soft i thought it was lamb's ear because like not many plants have that like velvetyness to their leaves yeah. But I guess Mullen does. I guess this is common. A lot of people do this. Okay, go to YouTube and search Mullen Witch Torch. And mm -hmm. look at all the people, look at all the videos that come up with like these people just holding these Mullen torches. It's crazy. <laughs> oh. Right? It's very Indiana Jones. Like you're going through a cave. Yeah. Like, a torch. Or like the mummy. <laughs> Bad on boats. Bad on boats. Oh my God. I have to tell you something. So Caitlin markoed me and she said that. <laughs> How long have we been doing this fucking project? She said, yeah. it has come to pass that now Billy Zane has entered my dreams because you guys talk about him so much. <laughs> <laughs> but she That's said amazing. it was like 90s Billy Zane with the good hair. Okay. Okay. Um, so like charmed Billy Zane. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I was That's like, yes, we've infiltrated <laughs> the minds of our listeners. I love that. I love that for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That means we're uh we're working our way into people's subconscious into their psyche. One day, remember how you had the dream about Waba and yeah. that you were at like some conference? Maybe we will infiltrate dreams. Well, oh, who the hell was saying Kim? Was Kim dreaming about us one night? Yeah, I think so. We're slowly working our way in. All right. Well, welcome everybody. I don't think we have too much business before we get into this. This is episode forty-three. Mm -hmm. But actually, that's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> this comes out at the end of August. Yeah. Our topic today, it's weird. It's like it has a place, a small place in the movies. It has zero place in the books, but it is mentioned and it always piqued my interest because I was always like, I've never heard of that before. What is, what's a Nigella? What's Nigella seeds? Like mm -hmm. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. We talk about Nigella today, right? Yeah. I don't think in the movie they mention any other herbs that aren't really well known, like yeah. mugwort we've heard of and like get the mint from the garden we've heard of lavender rosemary like all that stuff's pretty standard but like yeah. nigella yeah that's a, that's a very witchy one i've never heard of 
yeah also there's more stuff in the detailed in the books that i've also never heard of like arna glossom have you ever heard of arna glossom no where's that from what what I think that's in the page when they're doing the whole spell for Jimmy. I don't remember exactly where it was, but I was like, that's another one that I picked out when we were doing research for like all the like stuff to talk about for the podcast when we first started back in September. I was like, what is that? And I put that on the list too. So there's like a couple things that like I've never heard of that maybe not even mentioned in the movies, but more so maybe in that you kind of see flash in the grimoire. So it might be cool to touch on some of those things too. I can't believe we haven't done more herbs by now because right. we've done mugwort and this, but all the other ones have been like trees or bushes. Belladonna. Belladonna and mugwort. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And Nigella. Yeah. There's just so much to talk about, like between the character analysis and like other stuff, random stuff. Production stuff, there's, music there's, stuff. There's just so much. So we get around to the herbal ones if, you know, when we do. But mm-hmm. if you guys like these herbal episodes, let us know. We'll definitely try to do more of them and since this is coming out at the end of august this is the last friday of august i think the 25th um we just want to remind you we're going to be in salem october 11th through the 15th our listener event is the friday the 13th uh in salem go to our event bright link in our show notes to uh get your e-ticket so we know how many people are coming because there's limited space uh so we would really appreciate you going checking that out and we hope to meet you there yeah and just to clarify salem massachusetts (laughs) not salem new jersey not salem oregon not salem south carolina dude there's so many salems yes but i'm like if you're a witch and you're listening to this podcast i think you probably know what salem we're talking about i hope so i just wanted to clarify in case that one random person shows up in like salem wherever else and they're like, I thought yeah. the scene is we're going to be here. <laughs> Go to our Eventbrite link for all the details, please. Uh-huh. Yeah. No surprises. Yeah. No surprises. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh-huh. But yeah, we're talking about Nigella today, also known as Blessing Seeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this comes in in the movie around an hour and five minutes and 32 seconds. Some of this was taken from transcripts.foreverdreaming.org. I've never heard of it. It's just like a random transcript site. Some of the other transcript sites only give you like portions of it or you have to pay the rest. But this one had the whole portion I was looking for. So I pulled it from there. And then we also listened to or read the closed captioning for yeah. this little portion, right? Yeah. So yeah, we're going to go through the scene in which Nigella shows up in the movie. So this scene actually takes place in the little pantry closet off the kitchen when Gary Hallett comes to town, right? And um, they're kind of covering up this whole Jimmy murder, right? Uh, Sally and Jillian. It's a little bonding moment between Auntie Jilly and the, the younger girls. Right, yeah. And Jillian wants to send him away. Meanwhile, Sally, there's something about Officer Hallett that draws her to him, right? She doesn't really know what it is yet, but she invites him over for breakfast (laughs) and he comes over for breakfast and you know they want to make pancakes or whatever and jillian thought it'd be a good idea to make this banishing syrup send this officer away we don't want him around hanging around here snooping around our garden asking right exactly yeah so she kind of gets a a young kylie to uh, help her with her dirty work and they're mixing up this syrupy potion to send Gary away. How uh, cool is that pantry apothecary? Oh, I love it. I want oh, I want there. Yeah. There's a shot of the mixture of like whatever they're putting together. Uh-huh. A close up of that. Uh-huh. I actually should have pulled that 
let me find that real quick. Yeah, go for it. You mean the dry herbs in the mortar? Yeah, because it, it looks like there's like like lavender in there. They're just throwing stuff in. Also, I want to just comment on the aunts like organizing, like they're labeling. Like I love the aesthetic of like bottles that are all the same and labels that are perfect. But you like we talked about in Victorian architecture, you're going to pull baking soda and you pull like fucking rat killer off the <laughs> shelf. It just it's um, treading toward disaster if, if yeah. uh, your organizing looks like that. Yeah, for real. Yeah. yeah why why was she having to like sift through bottles like i can't find the i can't find the blessing clink seeds. clink 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 yeah, yeah. that oh, should be alphabetized color coordinated and then you mentioned you're like milk thistle what the hell like what the fuck and, she- but it sounds like we'll get there but it sounds yeah. like she was like oh yeah milk thistle like and then just had an add moment and maybe put it back i don't know yeah. why she would say that yeah i don't either as if like it had anything to do with the blessing seeds that she initially needed right right yeah all right so we see the seeds there see the seeds yeah it does look like rosemary in there too yeah or not rosemary sorry lavender yeah i see like a little purple buzz like a lavender maybe yarrow you see where my pointer is pointing to yes yeah i see it this little thing right here that looks like it could be like dried yarrow or something they're just slap dashing this thing together oh my god yeah they're just throwing random shit in here which leads me to believe maybe they put other stuff in here that would not have repelled him away which we get to we get to a little later on there are some properties of nigella that actually have some tree uh truth revealing properties interesting that leads me to believe why what happened ultimately happened Oh gosh, I can't wait. That's a big bowl. Did you see how big the bowl is that they're putting yeah. all the ingredients in? Yeah. Kylie in the movie to me is looks like Jillian, right? But she is more like um Sandra. She's more like Sally. She's mm-hmm. very like studious. She's like everything like by the book. Like this is she's very smart when it comes to her magic. Yeah. She's also a child. She's a lot more hopeful. Like she's like has these like wide eyes, like thinking about love. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that aspect, she's a little different than Sally, right? Because when Sally was a child, she was like, I don't ever want to fall in love. And mm-hmm. Jillian's like, I can't wait to fall in love. And now Kylie's kind of has that same kind of like wide-eyed feeling about love. And then Jillian's like, it's kind of weird. Like Jillian's like the adult version of like what Kylie ultimately will become. It's kind of like a foreshadowing. Like mm-hmm. history is going to repeat itself. Yeah. Unless Jillian's like, all right, I got to lay the smack down or mm-hmm. she's going to go down the same destructive path that I went down. And I don't want to see this like little girl go through all that bullshit that I just went through with mm-hmm. Jimmy and every everybody else she's dated. Because they're a little closer than eight in age than Sally, Jillian and their aunts. They're their great aunts. Right. So I think as a modern woman, Jillian has like a little closer of a view of what kylie is going to go through ultimately she's what's supposed to be what like 12 maybe yeah probably about that age yeah Yeah. i think um having that connection is is different too the person raising you it's you know and is she gonna be in their life this is so off topic is she gonna stay stick around and be in their lives forever we can get back to this whole scene because this that we have a song called what love is like one of our original songs and it is it was inspired by this very scene. Are we popping it in? We could pop a little excerpt in here. And then once we get to that song or so, we'll deep dive on this scene a lot. Okay. More. Sounds good. All right. But yeah, here's a little snippet of what love is like. I hope you choose to take that leap. I hope you choose to lose. 
So to continue on our Nigella, do you want to be Kylie or do you want to be Jillian? We're going to read this. Oh, I'll, um, I'll be, uh, be Kylie. Okay. All right. So this, yeah, this is the scene in the pantry where they're cooking up that Nigella concoction. Right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Too bad. So <laughs> Kylie goes, uh, to banish on one of persons, it says we need blessing seeds. All right. Good. Uh, blessing seeds. What about Nigella seeds? It's, it's the same thing. <laughs> she's so cute she and Jillian's so cute. like wow is it good good you're good at this <laughs> and then Antonia comes in she's like why can't we tell mommy we're gonna send the policeman away your mommy likes to pretend she doesn't do magic and we have to banish this man for your mommy's own good blessing seeds right what else do we need Antonia I told you to listen out the door for Mr. Hallett blessing seeds blessing seeds oh yeah milk thistle can't find anything here. <laughs> and like I, I like how she mentions how they are so disorganized. <laughs> she did. I yeah. know. So initially, um, I had made a little note that listening back to the audio in the movie, to me, it sounded like Nicole's accent was stringing together um, Nigella seeds, making it sound like Nigellus. But growing up, I had always thought it was Nigellus until mm -hmm. I listened really close. And then I was like, maybe it's her accent. But you said with the captions on... Mm -hmm. It does say Nigellus. The captions actually say Nigellus. Wow. So I'm wondering if the script, because you had earlier versions of like other drafts of the script, right? Before yes. it eventually became what it became. And those say Nigella, which right. is what the herb is actually called. So I'm wondering, remember how we were talking about that witch for hire, the one that ended up cursing the movie and then eventually got fired because like, fuck her, why? Like, why have her work continue to work for us if you're going to freaking put a curse on the movie? <laughs> um, I'm wondering if, you know, by the time they got around to filming that scene, Nicole Kimmon by accident said Nigellus mm. and nobody corrected her because they didn't have a witch on the scene to kind of like oversee things. This Maybe. is my theory anyway. And then since she said Nigellus, whoever does the closed captioning for the film heard Nigellus, so then they typed Nigellus for the closed captioning. So that's my theory. Yeah, very, very well could be. But we're yeah. going to learn later on that it does have that AKA. It does have that AKA, which is going to be cool. It has a bunch of them that are really good. Okay. I wanted to say also, when you type in Nigellus, I couldn't find anything right away about Nigellus. It was like auto-correcting to Nigella. So uh -huh. that that's how we kind of directed our focus that way. And then yeah. we discovered it's the same thing. I just wanted to put there that like even Googling Nigellus, nothing came up right away. Yeah. Right. But there is Nig but that word does exist, Nigellus. It does. Yeah. I was also confused about the milk thistle thing. Why did she say, oh yeah, milk thistle? Like she was looking for that as well. Yeah. Maybe she was looking for the both of them. And then she ended up finding the milk thistle first amongst the aunt's chaos in that closet. Mm -hmm. And she was just like taking whatever she found at, I guess, at that given moment. And she was like, oh, maybe I need this. I need this too. Let me just let, while I have it here, let me just add it before I forget. And it gets lost in a sea of other glass bottles. Yeah. Um, do we so need to do a full episode on just milk thistle? We could. Okay. I've never used milk thistle, but it grows wild on my property. And Avi has Does to cut it, really? it down. 
because it's have you ever seen milk thistle no it's very spiky the uh foliage on the leaves it will cut you it will puncture your skin <laughs> like a bull thistle yeah kind of it's a kind of the same type of deal milk like grows thistle. those beautiful bright purple flowers hummingbirds love it uh butterflies oh, love yeah. it i thought those were bull thistles oh those are so pretty those are edible it like, might be like a, in the same probably the same family yeah i don't know if there's a difference or if it's like an alternative name for bull thistle i'm not sure if it's the same thing but maybe not but today when i marcoed you and i was at Publix, i was like they have milk thistle here in like capsule yeah. form but I, we don't know what it's for. I forget what it's for. I mean, we could do a whole episode on it. I know they only mention it in passing, like one small little blurb of it in the movie. But Louis L'Amour was there. It's there. One little mention. It's all we need to go um, down this fucking rabbit hole. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'm asking because in our topics, when this was listed out, Milk Thistle was along with it. But I don't think we delve into it in this episode. So we'll yeah. have to put it on its own topic thing. Yeah, we could put it in its own because, yeah, it is its own rabbit hole. It is its own herb, has its own magical properties. So we will we can do a whole other episode on Milk Thistle. But she does mention it kind of in tandem with the Nigella. So we thought we'd mention it here. Weird. Right? So we're not going to read directly from these beautiful, awesome, really cool scripts that someone sent us. There is this mention of Nigella in the scripts. Sally is involved in this scene. It okay. seems like. Um, and it, Sally really doesn't want to hurt Gary. Jillian's trying to like just say, like, we're not going to hurt him. We're just going to make him forget, basically. <laughs> yeah. And the ingredients that um, they use in this scene, they don't use Nigella in this scene. They use rosehip and blue leaf rose. Wait, and it said rosehip from the blue leaf rose. So it's oh, actually yeah. part of, I've never heard got of it, a blue leaf, blue leaf rose. Have you heard of a blue leaf no. rose? No, I wonder no, no. what that even looks like. Um, and she asks her one of her daughters to go to the garden and get that rose hip from the blue leaf rose. And she tells Jillian that she's not helping her do this. So she basically threw her daughter into this instead of her taking the action um, and going to get this, these ingredients. Interesting. The blue leaf rose, it doesn't look like a rose. It looks more like a orchid or... Ooh. Like... That does not look like a rose. Rosa Glauca, single pink blooms in early summer. It's like a wild rose. Blue green foliage, mahogany hips in the fall. Whatever this okay. is, yeah, I've never heard of a blue leaf rose, and I've never even seen this. This kind of looks. It also kind of looks like a clematis a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I wonder if their witch for hire was still on board at this point at the <laughs> uh -huh. writing of these couple drafts. Right. So we also have another earlier script. And in this one, I think they were kind of getting closer to what they actually put in the movie because the, the conversation's pretty similar. They also need blessing seeds. Jillian, in this, I guess, version, calls Gary cowboy cop over and over. <laughs> um, and she she does use these blessing seeds in the mortar. She makes a powder. They want to make him forget where he is, it seems like. So they're not necessarily trying to send him away. They just want to make him disoriented a little bit. Yes. Yep. They want to make him forget. They want to make him confused. Yeah. And it seems in this scene, they're also pouring or making this concoction within the syrup. So we'll include this, the rest of this. There's a few little things in our show notes that you guys can see. If you're on our Patreon, uh, it'll be over there. So those were the only uh, like other two drafts of the script that uh, mention mm -hmm. any kind of nigella or any other ingredients pertaining to this concoction that they're making to send gary away yes so both yeah. scenes a little different sally's involved in one and in the other one the girls have like i said the similar conversation they throw the syrup off the cliffs 
Um, and Jillian does say about the girls, she was like, if they weren't so beautiful, I'd kill them <laughs> for throwing the soup away. I thought that was really cute. That's funny. Cool. Yeah, those scripts, I still want to do like a little read through of those and just explore those a little more. You know, I, I'm horrible. Look at this. Have not even opened it. Justina! Haven't even opened it. Yeah. Once we, you know, do our script episode, if that's what we're going to do, or if we do end up doing a read through, then uh, I'll You're unbelievable. get into those. So the page, I guess, that they're using in this scene is a banishing page. And when we talked to Isis Chandler back on our episode 24, she did a recreation of this page. So do we want to talk about what's below the image first and what the original page said, just touching back on what we said in that episode 24. And then we can share the tools that Isis shares on her recreation page, I guess. Did she say we could share this page with our patrons? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So if you guys want to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Magnolia Street Podcast, Isis was nice enough to let us, allow us to share this page with you guys. Uh, and this is the, um, a recreation of the, I guess the banishing syrup spell with mm -hmm. the nigella seeds. So you want to go over the original from the movie first and then go into her page or how did you want to? Yeah, let's, let's do it that way. So on the original page at the top, it says amnesia, obliviosis memor. <laughs> However, on the recreation page that Isis did, she put at the top elixum, not amnesia. It has a large opening flower in the center of the page. It has a small piece of paper, paper clipped to the bottom in like a scrapbook style collage kind of papers. On the left, it includes pressed flowers, more paper clip information. When Kylie consults this book and when she's like pointing to the blessing seeds entry, she's just kind of pointing to the middle of that flower stem page. Uh-huh. So it was really nice to see Isis's recreation because it's very clear. Um, and she said when we spoke with her that she kind of tailored it to something she uses in her personal life to banish toxic people. The obliviosis on the page obviously is forgetfulness, obliviousness, uh, forgetfulness, loss of consciousness, and then a memoir is forgetful or heedlessness. So tell us what Isis's page says. Okay, so at the top of her page, it says Exilium. So Nigella Sativa is the one mentioned in Isis's recreation. And then under that, it says Oblivio Obliviosis in Memoir. So the tools required, um, you need a photograph of the person you are banishing with a hole punched through the bottom. And if you don't have a photo, then write their name on a piece of paper with a hole at the bottom. You also need a long black ribbon, Nigella Sativa seeds, dried peony leaves, tape, scissors and ash pot and lighter or matches so i just wanted to share the tools because i know this is isis's personal like banishing ritual right. and i think in the recreation page i think there's like two sides um yeah. she does go over the steps but those are her own personal things so again like magic is wonderful and you can make it however you want but she was saying peony to her is very very powerful oh, when it comes right. to banishing that's right. Yeah, I forgot we had the whole peony discussion with her. Um, that was so long ago already. Peony. Uh, peony. But yeah, it's so she made it very clear that she, these are recreations, right? These are her own personal recipes that she kind of altered from the movie. So it's not the exact replica from the movie. Like she put her little spin on it. 
And that's fine because intention, as we know in the magical world, it's everything. You have to f use what you feel called and comfortable mm -hmm. with using. Mm -hmm. So she did change things around a little bit. So this isn't exactly how it appears in the film. So um, she, underneath the ritual composition, she has like a little, um, like a little note paper clipped to the page. I guess kind of like, is that what they had in the movie too? Like a little yeah. thing, paper clip. Yeah. So like the aesthetic alone is so like she on point, like she did a great job kind of recreating this. Um, but again, things are tailored, like the actual text and wording and uh, ingredients and usage. Those things are a little different. So the ritual composition she put here. So number one, cast magic circle. Number two, call upon the god or goddess of your choice. Number three, tie the black ribbon to the bottom of the photograph by putting the ribbon through the hole. Number four, tape the photograph above your altar. And then I guess there's more underneath that, but the photo kind of cuts off there. So I can't see what else, like how the spell, how she concludes the spell. Mm -hmm. Question. Yeah. So on the page in the film, it is. does it also have these like little rune symbols on it? I'm going to send it to you in our chat. All right. Yeah. So it's the same, kind of the same symbol to kind of explain to our listeners what we're seeing on this page. So it's basically like a straight line, like a vertical line. And then at the very top of the vertical line, there's, it's kind of like a Y shaped. So there's like two branches kind of like extending outward. So it makes like the, the letter y, y. It's the algae's Nordic rune. Algae's right. algae's. It's a rune, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then on Isis's page, she, she has the same shape, like letter Y, but then there's a little extension from the middle coming between where I guess the, the V of the Y extends. Um, so it does look a little different. So are those two runes different? Yeah. The one, the algaes, I use on my like my doors my windows my mirror uh -huh. um and it's for protection and there's another rune on there do you see on the left side it looks like up diagonal it goes down and then it goes back up it's That's like an elongated z right yeah. it represents the letter y but it also represents wisdom endurance protection and initiation protection um, so I guess that would yeah. enhance this kind of banishing spell to protect whoever is working the spell, right? To kind of banish those yeah. energies that they don't want present. And al algaes, algaes represents the letter Z, which is weird because that other one looks like a Z. It yeah. looks like a chicken's foot, but um, uh -huh. that represents protection, openness, happiness, and life force. If if anybody listening has any more information i i do not work with nordic runes i'm just reading what's on the internet but it's interesting that that, that letter that like elongated z rune is so it doesn't it just looks like a kind of like a design it doesn't look like a sigil of any kind just kind of right. in there yeah it's sneaky it was sneaky how they did it um and i'm also looking so on the actual page from the movie it doesn't look like a z but on Isis's page, it looks like that Z rune. So I'm not sure if maybe that's just something that Isis added. I can't really tell on the actual movie page if that's an actual Z. It looks like a straight line. I don't know. It does. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but that's the difference between the two. But that's cool that she just kind of like, you know, recreated it to suit her own needs or her own beliefs or intentions. And she's saying it's more accurate. It's probably more accurate than the stuff that is going to be in that movie 
book. Right. You know what I mean, right. That's because why... people get upset with her like, oh, it's not exactly like the movie. I'm, yeah. It's because better. <laughs> it's wrong. You're going to mess something up doing right. it that way. Right, right. And if we go back to like the whole concept that was it Stephen Ellis and Robin Standifer that did the grimoire as well? Or was it somebody else? I don't remember. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. So we're taking like these designers, like these prop designers. They're not, they're not real practicing witches, right? right. They're going to, they're going to take things from what they think looks cool or uh, arcane or magical. And they're just going to smash it on a page. Like I'm sure they did the research to some extent. Again, it's a movie prop. It's not going to be 100% accurate. So yeah. Isis took it upon herself to do the extra work to make sure things are a little more accurate and a little more tailored to what the spell, if you were to work the spell, what it would, what results <laughs> it would get for you. Yeah, exactly. The results. Right. Right. right, right. Yeah. And that's the important thing, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't want to toads burping up rings. So, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, we will include this page in our, uh, our patreon so any of our patrons can hop on over there and see the beautiful recreation that isis is allowing us to share with you guys so we're really excited about that so thank you once again to isis for sharing her resources and her beautiful work i just think it's so amazing how perfect these pages are like i know we had a whole episode with her but i'm just gonna gush for a second like yeah. the amount of pausing and zooming and enhancing like you have to do to even get see this this yeah. little snippet clip of a movie is like a millisecond yeah and then it's gone so yeah. the fact that she redid these and they're accurate and they're imbued with such power is so cool it is cool and yeah they'll a lot of those grimoire uh, the book scenes are just quick little flashes of the page. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you don't really have enough time to really absorb what's on them unless you do what Isis did and really pause, fast forward a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so, because like, and also when they filmed this movie, I don't think like filming in HD was like not a thing yet. <laughs> You're so right. even closing up and pausing on the close-ups, everything is still a little fuzzy. You really have to yeah. squint to be able to read some of yeah. these things. Yeah. So she really did an amazing job recreating these pages. Are we ready to get into Nigella? All right, so this is the science, all the science, the magic, the lore. We're going to tell oh, you about Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that little history thrown in there. But I was, like I said, I was at Publix today. And we're going to learn that this also goes by just black seed and they make black seed oil. They sell that shit at Publix. I'm like, I'm going to have to get this. I want to inform myself first because we do these notes. We put them all together, but sometimes it takes reading them out loud for it to really sink in. But this right. seems like a, um, it is like an apple cider vinegar. Okay. Like it's like a cure-all. Got basically. it. Oh, that's awesome. It's your rosemary. It's good for everything. It's a cure-all and it sends the, uh, town sheriff away <laughs> <laughs> the cowboy cop the cowboy cop so all right all right so nigella is a genus of 18 species of annual plants in the family ranunculaceae nigella sativa is known by many names around the world it's impossible to name all of them here in english the most used names include blessing seed devil in bush black seed black cumin black caraway fennel flower and Love in the Mist, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about later on. I like that one. In Sanskrit and in the Arabic Unani Tib system, the traditional medicine Nigella Sativa is also called Kalonji. And I think we're going to be um, going over an article later about the medicinal benefits of this. And they, they do refer to this Nigella as Kalonji throughout the article. 
So we got two names going on there. Kalonji is also an important trade name for the herb in the Middle East. In Southwest Asia, black cumin is known as karyal. And then, like I said before, I hinted earlier that I did discover there were a few different names, but it is referred to as nigellus as well. And this just refers to its blackish or dark, visual dark state. So not not necessarily like black magic dark, but just like the appearance of the seed itself is just dark. So that's why it's called nigellus. Several species are grown as ornamental plants in gardens. Nigella damascena, commonly called love in a mist, has been grown in English cottage gardens since the Elizabethan era. Nigella hispanica, is a taller species with larger blue flowers, red stamens, and gray leaves. Nigella seeds are self-sowing if the seed pods are left to mature. They have been used for centuries for medicinal and culinary purposes. The seed oil was believed to be used as the beauty aid by Cleopatra and a hepatic which is the liver, and digestive aid by Hippocrates, the father of medicine. The seeds are mentioned in the Old Testament and were even found in the tomb of King Tutankhamun. The prophet Muhammad proclaimed that they could cure anything but death. (laughs) With a taste and aroma reminiscent to black pepper, onions, and oregano, pure black seed oil is ideal for use in Indian and Middle Eastern cuisines, where it adds a delicate peppery flavor to dishes like curries, soups, vegetable and meat dishes. Black seed is also known as habat al-baraka, meaning the blessed seed, called habath un sayuda in Arabic. The seeds of nigella sativa, known as kalonji, black cumin, black caraway, black coriander, Roman coriander, black onion seed, onion seeds, charnushka, git in historical Roman cuisine, or just nigella. They are all often used as spices and condiments in South Asian cuisine, Ethiopian cuisine, Middle Eastern, and Polish cuisines. So the whole seed oil and standardized extracts are most used for medicinal, culinary, and cosmetic purposes. The little black seeds can be prepared in a wide variety of ways, including tea, tinctures, salves, ointments, syrups, Mm -hmm. and more. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Syrups, it's right there. Uh, Nigella sativa and Nigella damascena are two interesting species with medicinal and ornamental characteristics. Nigella sativa is commonly known as false cumin, foreign light, or black cumin, and its seeds have medicinal properties. It is an annual plant originating from Asia found in Mediterranean areas. Nigella damascena, also an annual plant, originates in southern Europe and the Mediterranean region. It is considered an ornamental plant with attractive flowers. These flowers are very pretty. The blue flowers. They're cool. They kind of remind me of passion flowers. They're like little aliens. They do look very alien-like, like you wouldn't find them on this planet. Like, they're really cool looking. The Nigella Damascena reminds me like a dominatrix. Uh, Wait, so both of the flowers, are they like extremely different looking from each other? No, not really. Similar looking? Yeah, they're pretty similar looking. All right. Cultivation of both Nigella sativa and Nigella damascena is relatively easy and they are known for their resistance to drought. They prefer specific soil conditions but are adaptable to various climates. Um, So just a little description about Nigella. So Nigella sativa is a hardy annual plant that grows between 8 and 24 inches tall, stabilized by a well-developed taproot. The leaf structure is deeply divided with narrowly linear to thread-like leaf segments. The flowers range in color from white, yellow, pink, pale blue, or pale yellow. Although the only ones, the only colors I've seen are the blue ones, like online. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, each flower has five to ten petals and numerous stamens. The flowers mature into a fruit capsule that contains several black triangular or pyramid-shaped seeds. The plant is reported to grow in a variety of soils, but does best in sandy soils and in climates with strong direct UV rays. So kind of like a lavender, like if it's like a Mediterranean type mm-hmm. of plant, um, it's great. It grows fine in like desert kind of climates. As you uh, say, it, is, it likes to be thirsty. It likes to be thirsty. <laughs> it is perfectly suited to its homeland in the Middle East. So there you go. Desert, right? Um, so the next little bit we have from Jester.com, as usual. And this was an article. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to share with you the abstract from it, the summation of it. But it is entitled, A New Species of Nigella Was Found in Northeastern Turkey. So in Turkey, there are 14 known species of nigella, out of which 10 are native to the country. During research in Sinop, Turkey, a new species named N. Koyonchuni domnes and Urgulu was discovered. Koyonchuni can be distinguished by several distinct characteristics. These include the presence of dark red to purplish red center blotches on the flowers, whitish yellow sepals, yellow petals, larger nectary pairs, and stamens that are grouped together. This newly discovered species was also studied for its chromosomes, a yield known as cryogenetics. The discovery of N. Koryonchi adds to our understanding of the biodiversity within the Nigella genus, particularly in the Turkish region. The study of its distinguishing characteristics and genetic makeup contributes to the broader knowledge of plant diversity and evolution. So the epitaph of the Nigella Koyunchi honors the Turkish taxonomist Professor Dr. Mehmet Koyunchu, who uh, was born in 1944, and he's still alive to this day, and he's from uh, Boybat. I'm guessing that's part of Turkey. Yeah, quick question. So Ranunculaceae, is Nigella part of the Ranunculus family? Yes. Oh, shit. All right. That's so ranunculus. (laughs) Um, So this next article is called The Effect of Bee Visitors and Style Movement on Seed Set of Nigella Sativa L. Ranunculaceae Grown Under Semi-Arid Conditions. And this is also from Jester.com. This was a six-page entry for Advances in Horticultural Science, Volume 24. So just a summation of this article, because again, these Jester articles are pretty long. Um, So this says, during the 2009 growing season in a semi-arid Mediterranean climate, researchers studied how nigella sativa plants get pollinated. They looked at different pollination conditions such as whether the flowers were left open or covered and whether the pollination was done by hand, which is self-pollination, or involved pollen from other flowers, which is cross-pollination. They also examined the role of style movements in the pollination process of these flowers. The findings reveal that nigella sativa can self-pollinate, meaning it doesn't need pollen from other flowers to produce seeds. Mm -hmm. The main visitors to these flowers were honeybees, and other wild bees didn't show as much interest in them during the study. So I guess these are these have nothing to do. The beetles want nothing to do with uh, these flowers. Honeybees only. By this time, the bees were quote invented as the uh, (laughs) person in the magnolia episode. Um, That's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. So the research also showed that nigella sativa doesn't get fully pollinated without help from insect pollinators like bees. Wind doesn't play a significant role in pollinating these flowers. Uh, 
The scientists also discuss the mechanism of style movement in nigella flowers and how it helps with pollination. In arid conditions, bees adjusted their flight patterns to match the availability of nectar and pollen in the flowers, especially in the morning when the styles bend near the stamens, ensuring better contact with the visiting bees. In summary, the study shed light on how nigella sativa flowers are pollinated, with bees playing a crucial role in their reproductive success and style movements aiding in the process. They're Science independent. Man. They don't need no, they can self-pollinate. Yeah. Or what it, what it, yeah, they don't need, yeah, they can self-pollinate. I've never yeah. seen this plant before in my life. Same. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was honestly, if we're being honest, I thought it was something that they just made up for the movie. Same. You know? Yep. I totally understand. All right. One more from Jester. And this is the making of elaborate petals in Nigella through developmental repatterning. And this is the new phytocologist written in 2019. And it was 12 pages. So this is recent also. But here is the summation. It says, the presence of elaborate petals in many flowering plant lineages has played a significant role in their success in evolutionary diversification. Despite their importance, the mechanisms behind the development of elaborate petals has remained largely unknown. Nigella, a plant genus within the Ranunculaceae family, is well known for its complex and elaborate petals, making it an ideal model for the study of the petal elaboration. Just like you said, you were like, whoa, these look fucking crazy. Yeah. So check check out a picture of these guys if you uh, if you get a chance, everyone. So to shed light on this intriguing phenomenon, researchers conducted comprehensive studies on the petals of various Nigella species. These investigations encompass detailed examinations of their morphology, micromorphology, microscopic structures, anatomy, development, and evolutionary history. The findings revealed that Nigella petals exhibit a high level of complexity complexity, evident across multiple aspects. Moreover, the evolution of elaborate petals in nigella is a gradual process that involves both modifications to existing structures and the emergence of entirely new characteristics. Notably, the research uncovered that the elaboration and diversification of nigella petals were achieved through a process called developmental repatterning. This process involves modifying the ancestral trajectory of petal development, leading to the formation of intricate and diverse petal structures. Overall, the study provides novel insights into the development and evolution of elaborate petals, demonstrating the importance of conducting investigations at multiple levels to comprehend the process, pattern, and underlying mechanisms of plant evolution. By unraveling the mysteries behind petal elaboration in Nigella, researchers gain a deep understanding of the broader mechanisms driving the success of the diversification of the flowering plant lineages. This seems like a very, uh, like the, the title says, elaborate petals. It just sounds like a very complex flower. I agree. You know? Yeah. Very, very, very cool. Yeah. So the herbal as a... A medical document. This is from the Bulletin of the History of Medicine, another Jester article. Oh, sorry. Volumes. I thought I only did three. I guess I did four. Oh, sorry. sorry. This is volume 43, number three. This was about nine pages long. <laughs> Christina said, I just thought this passage was bananas. All right. So let's see. Let's, oh, ooh, I see the word absinthe in here. So now that's, that's got my interest. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if wormwood makes an appearance. <laughs> So nigella is, uh, is hot and dry in the third degree. Its virtue resides in its seed. From its bitterness, it possesses a diuretic virtue because of its qualities. It is dissolving and consuming. 
Likewise, a plaster made from the meal of nigella seed mixed with the juice of absinthium destroys worms in a young boy when applied to the na- about the navel. What? what? <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait. Why would a young boy have worms? You can get worms from like playing out in the dirt and like okay. around animals and shit. Got it. So like a I don't know, like a tapeworm or some yeah. kind of like yeah, Giardia or some shit. Um. All right. So okay and. Unguent or unguent against scabies is made with a decoction of powdered nigella seed mixed with a large quantity of sulfur and strong vinegar of which oil is added to make it sufficiently stiff. Wherefore, I've never, have you ever heard of the term wherefore? Wherefore, and this was 1969. That word is so like medieval or like. Wherefore, it is an unguent good for scabies, and it is of value for those complaints when applied over the intestines. How do you apply something? You just put it on your belly? I guess so. Like a roll, like on a, in a roller bottle? Like, what are we talking here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, scabies. My brother, in elementary school, he got scabies from some kid in class, and he brought them fucking home, and my mm. whole family ended up with scabies. Oh, yuck. Yeah. Ouch. Have you ever had scabies? Have you ever no, like, but it sounds disgusting. It's like little, I guess, little bug bites. I'm not really sure where they come from. I think it's a, a, a little like a bug or a mite or something. And I don't remember if it's like itchy and that's what kind of like makes these little scab forms. So like you just like have these little little scabs all over your body and you're just like itching them and it's like it's it's gross. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, like yeah, like little bugs living in, under your skin. Or something. Yeah, it's kind of like chicken pox, but not. It's not a virus. I think it's like actually a bug that like yeah, eats at your skin. Uh, yeah. So that was not fun. But we could have used where where the hell was this nigella back when my brother fucking had scabies? We could have used this. Shit. <laughs> yeah. What did you have to do to get rid of them? I don't even remember. It was so long ago. I'll have to ask my mom if she remembers what what we did to get rid of them. But. Hmm. Yeah, this was like back in like the early nineties. I'm talking so long ago. Yuck. Yeah. I've never had scabies. Very, um, yeah. I've never had ringworm either. Have you ever had ringworm? I had ringworm, yeah. You did? Ringworm you is ringworm is a bacteria that is common if you um like if you're on a yoga mat or you're sharing mats with other people. Mm-hmm. And your skin, like skin contact on, like I guess infected mats that aren't like de uh, bacteria. What, what's the word? Sanitized. Sanitized. I don't know. I couldn't think of that word. <laughs> um. Yeah. If you don't sanitize your mats, if you're like in a gym or you know you're on close contact, ringworm I is. I think I had sucks. ringworm, but I had like some kind of fungal infection when I would climb a lot, and they had yeah. like all the climbing mats were on the ground. Yeah. But I left like these tiny, tiny maybe smaller than dime size circles, like all uh-huh. over my belly and my side okay. and my leg. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh my God, could you imagine if that was all ringworm? Oh, but I, I think fuck. It, was- it could have been. Yeah. It could, I, mine, mine was a big patch. I think it was on my right or I don't remember which shoulder it was. I think it was might've been my right shoulder. It was like right on like, you know, like where you lay down, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're laying down on the mat because i used to do gymnastics i used to do dance you know and in gym class when you're a kid they don't fucking clean those mats yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know? and you so don't I'm, you just don't want to shower when you get home anyway you know? yeah i'm positive that i got it from gymnastics or something because mm-hmm. they just don't fucking clean those mats um so yeah i think i remember going to the doctor and they gave me like this bacterial antibiotic or um like a a topical antibiotic and i just like it's like a cream you just rub it on there 
and I just rubbed it on there until it went away. But Scabies yeah, to me sounds gross. way worse than ringworm. Yeah, ringworm, it wasn't painful. It wasn't itchy. It just looked disgusting. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, so um, I would much rather have the ringworm over the scabies any day. Well, Not this, that I want either one. But... I know, yeah, yeah. But if somebody's got a gun to your head, of course you're picking right, ringworm. Right. Like, oh, ringworm, I'll take the ringworm. <laughs> <laughs> ringworm and uh, wormwood hang out together. Worm... <laughs> what if they... ringworm was like wormwood's, like, that's his retaliation against people. Like, if you fuck him over, he's like, all right, oh, don't fuck over the wormwood. I'm going to give you, I'm going to set, yeah, like ringworm is wormwood's uh, henchman. Yeah, he's like the, the muscle. He sends the ringworm in to do his dirty work. <laughs> oh my god. All right, let's get into some other medicinal properties about this thing. There's a lot, so we're going to go through them. But I just want to put, um, start off by saying that in traditional medicine, nigella seeds are used as a carminative. What is that? Car carminative? I've never heard that word before. Let me see. An herb or preparation intended to either prevent formation of gas in the gastrointestinal tract or facilitate the expulsion of said gas, thereby combating flatulence. Oh my God. Perfect. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Carminative. We'll leave that all in. And stimulant <laughs> to ease the bowels. There it is. And really? indigestion problems, treat intestinal worms and nerve defects, reduce flatulence, wetting, and restore a lost sense of smell. It is also used as an insect repellent. I'm telling you, this guy is like what you were saying last time about like Renaissance man, yeah. Renaissance herbs. This guy's doing it all. So Nigella is the Renaissance man of the herbal kingdom. Yeah, it seems. Crazy. Numerous studies have shown that Nigella seeds have various properties, including anti-inflammatory, antioxidative, antimycotic, antibacterial, antifungal, anti-cancer, antiviral, antihistamine, and more. All the antis. All the antis. You're it's not against the law. It's like yeah. a black hole. It's a void. Yeah. <laughs> the seeds contain about 60% linoleic acid, omega-6. They are available in capsules, oils, or powder form with both internal and external uses. In silico studies, they have identified compounds in nigella sativa that show promise for the SARS-CoV-2 COV is that COVID? Right, SARS-CoV two inhabitation. COVID is the is part. COVID is like a is that like an offshoot of the SARS like a virus? strain? Okay, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Okay, all right. So all right. we have a article. I think it was like nine benefits of using nigella seeds within your um, routine. Okay, yeah. So this got this has tons of benefits. Okay, so nigella are or the seeds i guess right are packed with antioxidants so antioxidants are substances that neutralize harmful free radicals and prevent oxidative damage to cells research shows that antioxidants can have a powerful effect on health and disease in fact some studies indicate that antioxidants may protect against several types of chronic conditions including cancer diabetes heart disease and obesity Several compounds found in Cologne, such, such as, what's this word, thymoquinone, thymoquinone, <laughs> thymoquinone, I have to sound that out, carvacrol, tianethyl, and four terpenol are responsible for its potent antioxidant properties. One test tube study found that Cologne essential oil also acted as an antioxidant. However, further research is needed to 
to determine how the antioxidants found in kolonji may impact health in humans. Number two, it may lower cholesterol. Cholesterol is a fat-like substance found throughout your body. While you need some cholesterol, high amounts can build up in your blood and increase the risk of heart disease. Kalenji has been shown to especially be effective at lowering cholesterol. One review of 17 studies found that supplementing with kalenji was associated with significant decreases in both total and quote-unquote bad LDL cholesterol, as well as blood triglycerides. Interestingly, it's also found that kalenji oil had a greater effect than kalenji seed powder. Okay, however, only seed powder increases levels of that good HDL cholesterol. Um, when I had my labs done recently, one of these, I don't, the LDL, which is the bad, and HDL, which is the good, one of mine was like over the limit. I don't know which one. So oh. I'll have to go back and look now that I know the difference, that one is yeah. good and one is bad. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> okay. Another study in 57 people with diabetes showed that supplementing with Kalonji for one year decreased total and LDL cholesterol, all while increasing HDL cholesterol. So it decreased the bad and increased the good. So question, Lastly, yeah. I have a question for you. So when you go back and check your labs, if it is very high in the bad cholesterol, are you going to give this a try? Oh, I really want to try this. Now that I know that they just sell it up the road, yeah, like in oil and capsule form, I would right. love to try this because it has so many other benefits. We're on number two. Yeah. And I want to know your results if you yeah. end up trying it out. Curious. Mm -hmm. So lastly, a study of 94 people with diabetes had similar findings reporting that taking two grams of Kalonji daily for 12 weeks reduced both total and LDL cholesterol. That's amazing. It is. 94 people. That's not, that's no accident. Like that's like pretty consistent. Yeah. Pretty consistent results. So Kolonji could also have cancer-fighting properties. It's high in antioxidants, which helps neutralize harmful free radicals that may contribute to the development of diseases like cancer. Test tube studies have found some impressive results regarding the potential anti-cancer effects of kolonji and thymoquinone, is, which is the active compound. Uh, for instance, one test tube study found that thymoquinone, I fucking love that word, thymoquinone. I'm just going to walk around saying that now. Thymoquinone induced cell death in blood cancer cells. It sounds like simlish from The Sims. Thymoquinone. <laughs> thymoquinone. <laughs> Zoom, zoom. Another test tube study showed that Kolonji extract helped inactive breast cancer cells. Other test tube studies suggest that Kolonji and its components may also be effective against several other types of cancer, including pancreatic, lung, cervical, prostate, skin, and colon cancers. However, there is no evidence on the anti-cancer effects of Kolonji in humans. Studies are needed to examine whether Kolonji has any cancer-fighting benefits when used as a spice or taken as a supplement. Hey, number four it can help kill off bacteria. Disease-causing bacteria are responsible for a long list of dangerous infections, ranging from ear infections to pneumonia. Some test tube studies have found that Kolonji may have antibacterial properties and be effective at fighting off certain strains of bacteria. One study applied Kolonji topically to infants with a staphylococcal, or like the staph skin infection, mm -hmm. and found that it was as effective as a standard antibiotic used to treat the bacterial infections. Another study isolated methicillin-resistant MRSA, a strain of bacteria that is difficult to treat and resistant to antibiotics, from the wounds of diabetic patients. 
Kalenji killed off the bacteria in a dose-dependent manner in over half of the samples. Wow. Several other test tube studies have shown that Kalenji can help inhibit the growth of MRSA, as well as many other strains of bacteria. Yet, human studies are limited and more research is needed to look at how Kalenji may affect different strains of bacteria in the body. Again, like more than half. And we're just hearing about this, like, because we looked into it. Is this a popular thing and we're just not with it? Are we late to the game here? I don't know. Maybe we haven't heard about this because the FDA, this stuff isn't regular. Like, it's not like they're not supporting this because it's not going to make the drug industry any fucking money. It's Sally Owens slipping out from under the (laughs) pharmaceutical counter or something like that. But you're right. They want to keep you sick. Right. They want to keep making the money. Exactly. Which is why they don't want to tell us that these aliens exist because these aliens could cure us from all this bullshit. (laughs) And it's why we never see our neighbors bringing their groceries in the house. (laughs) Like, what the (laughs) fuck? Do we want to go down this conspiracy rabbit hole? No. As long as we both have admitted to each other, I bring my own groceries in the house. Bring out in our our own groceries. Right. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Very strange. Okay. So back to... Back to reality. Oh, the goes gravity. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you like that? So, Cologne may also alleviate inflammation. In most cases, inflammation is a normal immune response that protects the body against injury and infection. On the other hand, chronic inflammation is believed to contribute to a variety of diseases such as cancer, diabetes, and heart disease. Not to mention, just like your regular run-of-the-mill like food allergies, mm-hmm. like... Just being allergic to a food can cause so much inflammation in the body. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, debilitating and yeah. deadly, lethal to people. Right. So some studies have found that cologne may have powerful anti-inflammatory effects in the body. In one study, in 42 people with rheumatoid arthritis, taking 1,000 milligrams of cologne oil daily for eight weeks reduced markers of inflammation and oxidative stress. In another study, inflammation was induced in the brain and spinal cord of rats. Compared to a placebo, Cologne was effective at protecting against and suppressing inflammation. Similarly, a test tube study showed that, here's our word again, thymoquinone, the active compound in Cologne, helped reduce inflammation in pancreatic cancer cells. Despite these promising results, most human studies are limited to people with specific conditions. More research is needed to understand how cologne may affect inflammation among the general population. I like how, like, at the end of each of these, are like, okay, more research. More research. Yeah. More research is needed because they don't want to admit that maybe this shit actually works. Like, <laughs> you don't have to, you know, give these big pharma companies all that money. Yeah. You know. And not just for like the cholesterol thing, but for, because I have arthritis in my ankle, like taking this might help the inflammation. Right. Tell us how it protects the liver. Number six and protecting the livers. The livers is an incredibly important organ. We're not doing that. It removes toxins, metabolizes drugs, processes nutrients, and produces proteins and chemicals that are crucial to health. Several promising animal studies have found that cologne may help protect the liver against injury and damage. So is this like your pre-game supplement Maybe. like before you go out drinking? <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Protect that liver. Mix yeah. it with one of those like um uh like H2O packety thingies. Yeah, like the electrolyte packets yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. In one study, rats were injected with a toxic chemical, either with or without cologne. Cologne reduced the toxicity of the chemical and protected it against the liver 
and kidney damage. Another animal study had similar findings showing that Kalanji protected rats against induced liver damage compared to a control group. Wait like, a I'm minute. Not about this like <laughs> animal testing thing, but yeah, I'm like, hold up. What does rat induce liver damage? Are they just like getting these rats drunk? Are they just I like no giving I, them like a I don't know like a vat of vodka and they're like go ahead rats drink up like I'm sure there's other stuff maybe herbal stuff that could cause liver damage oh yikes. I don't know it's just I'm not I'm not yeah. for it I'm just we're just relaying the information to everybody yeah I don't like this animal uh, but what? I mean like you know we've only, we've gotten this far with medical research because you know they've done they have they have to do research on something yeah you know yeah. and like people do actually volunteer to be i guess donated donated to science right for the good of human or mankind or whatever (laughs) yeah one review attributed the protective effects of kolonji to its antioxidant content and ability to to reduce inflammation and oxidative stress however more studies are needed to measure how kolonji may influence liver health in humans there it is again more studies are needed All right, so number seven, it can aid in blood sugar regulation. High blood sugar can cause many negative symptoms, including increased thirst, unintentional weight loss, fatigue, and difficulty concentrating. Left unchecked in the long term, high blood sugar can lead to even more serious consequences such as nerve damage, vision changes, and slow wound healing. Some evidence shows that Kolonji could help keep blood sugar steady and thus prevent these dangerous adverse side effects. One review of seven studies showed that supplementing with Kolonji improved levels of fasting and average blood sugar. Similarly, another study in 94 people found that taking Kolonji daily for three months significantly reduced fasting blood sugar, average blood sugar, and insulin resistance. That's Is that the first one that we've had that isn't like more study is needed? Yeah. yeah. So number eight is that it may prevent stomach ulcers. Stomach ulcers are painful sores that form when stomach acids eat away at the layer of protective mucus that lines the stomach. Some research shows that Kalungi could help preserve the lining of the stomach and prevent the formation of ulcers. In one animal study, 20 rats with stomach ulcers were treated using Kalungi. Not only did it result in healing effects in about 83% of the rats, but it was also nearly as effective as a common medication used to treat stomach ulcers. Another animal study showed that Kalungi and its active components prevented ulcer development and protected the lining of the stomach against the effects of alcohol. Keep in mind that the current research is limited to animal studies. Further research is needed to determine how Kalungi may affect stomach ulcer development in humans. All right, so Kalungi is easy to add to your routine. This is number nine. There are a variety of ways to add Kalungi to your diet. With a bitter taste that is described as a mix between oregano and onions. Ugh, that sounds like a horrible. <laughs> Have you ever like tasted oregano oil, like essential oil? Oh no, it's horrible. Oh, what do you use essential? I oil love for? like so oil of oregano is great for like it's supposed to like help knock out a cold, like an onset oh. of a cold. Oh, I didn't know. Um, that. It's very very potent. So if you're going to do oregano oil, you want to do it in a capsule. You don't want to just like put a dab under your tongue. It's horrible. I remember when like I first um, started using doTERRA, I got like a, I guess my first packet of oils, it came with oregano oil. And I was just opening all the bottles to like, you know, just smell all of them and like, you know, just check it all out. I opened the oregano oil for like two seconds. I didn't even dab it on myself. I just opened the bottle and smelled it and closed it. And I was like, oh, that's horrible. And then like Avi picked me up to go somewhere. 
this is back when like we were dating he picked me up to go somewhere and i get in the car he's like why do you smell like pizza it's <laughs> like what that just, is a pheromone attractor for men you know I what just i mean opened it for two seconds and he's like oh that's horrible don't that's ever why he married that. you because you smell like pizza it. I guess so, yeah. So yeah, oregano and onions. It's often found in Middle Eastern and South Asian cuisines. It's usually lightly toasted and then ground or used whole to add flavor to bread or curry dishes. So I guess this is the the seed, right? The kolonji, mm -hmm. I guess the nigella seed. Um, some people also eat the seeds raw or mix them with honey or water. They can also be added to oatmeal, smoothies, or yogurt. Kind of like, what's that, uh what's that see oh chia like chia seeds or chia seeds okay yeah but it maybe. sounds like more of a punch right of a flavor right. yeah uh, but i guess maybe it has the same kind of benefits it says what's more the oil is sometimes diluted and applied topically as a natural remedy said to increase hair growth reduce inflammation and treat certain skin conditions lastly supplements are available in capsule or soft gel form for a quick and concentrated dose of cologne so keep in mind that kolonji may not be for everyone. It has been associated with many health benefits and is generally safe when used as a spice or seasoning. Taking kolonji supplements and using kolonji oil may have some risks. For example, there have been reports of contact dermatitis after applying kolonji to the skin. If you plan on using it topically, be sure to do a test patch by applying a small amount first to make sure it does not cause any adverse reactions. Furthermore, some test tube studies have found that kolonji and its components may influence blood clotting. Okay, see where I'm going with this? We'll get there. If okay. you take medication for blood clotting, be sure to talk to your doctor before taking kolonji supplements. Additionally, while some animal studies have found that kolonji can be safely consumed during pregnancy, one animal study found that the oil could slow down uterine contractions when used in large amounts. So if you're pregnant, be sure to use this in moderation and consult your doctor if you have any concerns. And then we have a big old list of things that this is good for. Wow. Um, a big old list. I guess I will. Do you want me to run through this real quick? Yeah, just run them. Right, here we go. Yeah. Osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, sore throat, fever, influenza, imp improved memory and concentration, improves mood, decreases anxiety, improves cognitive function and memory, nervous system disorders, chronic fatigue syndrome, Alzheimer's, epilepsy. Reduce the severity and duration of seizures. Reduces frequency of seizures in children. Early stages of Parkinson's. Eases opium withdrawal, digestion, digestive upset, diarrhea, gastric ulcers, colitis, uh, hypertension, diabetic metabolic uh, syndrome. Reduces neuropathic pain. Oil is best for this. Liver and kidney damage, edema, respiratory problems. Reduces lung inflammation, asthma, coughing, bronchitis, pain. Reduces neuropathic pain, headache. Don't know what that word is. Acne and cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Ence wait. Encephalomyelitis. Encephalo encephalomyelitis. Inflammation of the brain and the spinal cord. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So this is great for a lot of stuff, but again, nothing comes without warning. So this says toxicity in Damascena. So both Nigella sativa and Nigella Damascena have medicinal properties, but Caution should be exercised as high levels of consump consumption can actually be toxic. So damascenine is a toxic alkaloid found in Nigella damascena seeds. The maximum amount of the alkaloid was found when the seed had reached maturity and analgesic, antipyretic, and anti-emidatic. <laughs> anti anti <laughs> anti I'm just making words up now. <laughs> anti 
anti-Edematous anti studies of damascening were reported, and that was in 1967. Acute toxicity was reported also in 1967. So in the latter study, the acute oral LD50 of damascenine in male mice amounted to 1 800 milligram and rats tolerated orally 1 600 milligram without any symptoms. Yet high intravenous, also known as IV doses, caused embolism of the lungs while local irritation occurred after injection. Doesn't that make your brain go a little bit? This yeah. brings me back to the previous comment we had in another episode that I said something like, I never thought Jillian was trying to poison him. Uh -huh. And then in that other script we were talking about, I think it's Sally who says, I don't want to hurt him. Uh-huh. But like, what if Jillian was trying to get a little embolism going, I guess. So like first, when she calls it Nigellus, who's to say that the aunts don't stock the sativa and the demacina in their pantry? Which, so just the damascena is the toxic one. I, I don't know. There's so do the you sativa, think which is traditionally known as that uh, black seed oil, like the good stuff. But the, we talked about the damascena earlier, which is very similar um, but it's used for more of a decorative plant, like a yard plant. Okay. So maybe it has more qualities that align with maybe a nightshade or a belladonna. I'm thinking, but and you need a lot, but it just made me think of like how belladonna can cause these heart problems. Yes. And this can do it as well with these edemas. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Crazy. But so Jillian... You're talking about when she killed Jimmy or when she was trying to send Gary away? When she's sending Gary away and she's looking for Nigellus or Nigella. Mm -hmm. It's never specified yeah, which one whether it? it's Sativa or the Damascena. So I'm thinking the aunts might have both there in, in the pantry. Yeah. Maybe she's trying to give him a little heart problem later on down the line. Doesn't the grimoire say Sativa though? But is that the recreation or is that the original book? Um... Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's very blurry. I just thought it was interesting that it does have a little toxicity level in it. Right. Um, I like how Jillian's always like, I'll just kill him. Just quick to use like, you know, the sneaky herbs mm -hmm. that maybe might not even show up in a toxicology report. Right. Like, you know? Right. Remember in the um, fucking TV, the Sudbury? Yeah. When Gary got back to them about how he died and he had yeah. like the cocaine in his system. But what if he also had a little Nigella in his system? But she she poured the Belladonna, the nightshade. We saw her like dump yeah, the whole yeah, fucking yeah. thing. And you're telling me that, that didn't, didn't show, show up on a toxicology report? How the fuck? Yeah. Like pure cocaine? That's it? <laughs> I would do that Belladonna episode all over again. Like it was so good. It was so fun. Yeah. I would just do it all over again for the fun of it. I think we could probably do a we probably could do a whole other episode on it and come up with completely different stuff to talk I about. I know. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, yeah. We'll take a little break right now when we come back. We'll go over a little magic and lore and a little bit more about that love in a mist name that it got. Um, as well as some recipes, the colors of the flowers, what they mean, and much more. So stick around and we will be right back. Hey, little witches. The scene is here. If you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you would know how much we love using the Practical Magic Inner Witch Oracle Deck by Grounded by the Moon. And now we want to share the magic of Grounded by the Moon with you, our listeners. 
Joseph Benitez Egerton, the creator behind Grounded by the Moon, would like to offer this very special 10% off discount to all who wish to experience the magic of his practical magic-themed tarot and oracle decks. But that's not all. He also creates other divination tools like tarot workbooks, deck bags and altar cloths, pendulum kits, oil blends, cleansing sprays, smoke wands, teas, and ritual kits. And let's not forget about his custom handcrafted all-natural soy candles, where every candle is hand-poured and personally infused and charged under the light of the moon. They even come with a crystal. And did we mention all of the ingredients in the candles are ethically sourced? All of Joseph's offerings are just so magical. So go visit groundedbythemoon.com and use the coupon code Magnolia Magic for 10% off your entire order at checkout. That's M-A-G-N-O-L-I-A-M-A-G-I-C. So get your discount today. Hey, we're the Stinas and you're listening to the Magnolia Street Podcast. I can't wait for magic and lore. This looks fucking awesome. All right. We're going to do a little shuffle up a guess. We shuffle up a guess. What are the odds we pull something about protection? Uh, or you never know. Forgetfulness. I don't know. Forgetfulness. All right. Are we ready? I'm ready. Let me know when to stop. Stop. Here we go. Amethyst. I don't think have we pulled a crystal card yet? I don't think we pulled any crystal cards know. yet. Oh, I have to look back on our list. The keyword on this card is acceptance and courage. Let's see. How can we make this relate to what we're talking about today? Because Jillian's running away from accepting the problem. Yeah. Right. Exactly. She's always running away from shit. So maybe this was a lesson to her, you know, to finally just accept what you're friggin' doing mm-hmm. and always trying up. to get away with it with her charm and her sneaky yes. sneakiness yes she's got to own up to her her uh her shit so this says listen to this this says embrace your fate go forward with confidence and courage it is time for you to accept the cards you have been dealt <gasps> ah. You are more than capable of overcoming this current issue. You need to ensure that your emotions do not get in the way. Let go of the worry and doubt and embrace the fact that things are going to work out. Amethyst is ideal for reducing stress and is the perfect stone for healing and overall joy. Grab yourself some amethyst and let its magical energy aid with your courage, peace, and happiness going forward. Meditate with this stone and use it in energy work to gain the magical benefits. And the mantra on this card says, I fully embrace and accept my fate. Mm. But does she? Does no. she fully embrace and accept her fate? I don't Do think not so. Not until the very, very end when she's right. like, just let him take me. <laughs> right. Oh, Jillian. Right. And like, it, it was in that moment that I think like she realized that she's the one who caused all the stress going mm-hmm. on in the family at that moment. And she was finally able to sacrifice herself for the greater good, like for her family. So her family can move on and be at peace. Mm hmm. She was finally putting her family first and not herself. Once she finally put her family first, that's when the spirit kind of like left her body. So Mm -hmm. what if in essence... Evanescence. Evanescence. Since Sally getting the tequila bottle or like making that whole like little sentimental speech at the end actually had nothing to do with what actually ultimately ended up saving Jillian. I think Jillian had to actually like be willing to sacrifice herself 
and make her have that character arc mm-hmm. in order for her to make a comeback. That's amazing. Boom. A whole nother twist to the story. A whole nother twist to the story. I have never thought about that before. It was a, a selfless act. Right. That saved them. And we see her, we saw her through the whole story, through the whole film, trying to dodge these bullets, mm-hmm. poisoning all these people, trying to send people away, covering up her, her, uh, you know, fingerprints. Too many loose ends for her to keep grasping at. And then she, yeah. everything unraveled. Oh my God. Talk yeah. about the shit hitting the fan. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy but hitting the ceiling. Jimmy, Jimmy's boots. Jimmy's boots. Coming back up through that ground. Can't hide it for too long. Yeah. You know, and it yeah. came back to bite her in the ass. But that's a cool card, amethyst. I that's probably one of my favorite stones to yeah. like work with. It's a love good one, amethyst. And like the raw clusters are so pretty. Yeah, just not touch them. They're love, cool. I have like one like nice chunk of amethyst that's like really nice. Like I love holding it in my hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's get into magic and lore. So this is just a little introduction here. And it says, according to spiritual beliefs, blessing seeds are used in specific magical practices to focus on various intentions, including binding, blessing, healing, removing unwanted guests. Hence the usage of them in Gary's banishing spell. Mm -hmm. Seeking hidden truths. Since it also has these properties, do you think in essence Jillian's spell had this effect instead? Like it caused the toad to burp up the ring to tip <gasps> Gary off on something suspicious. So Ooh. instead of like banishing, it kind of had this like alternate twist. Mm-hmm. Since it's good for uh, seeking hidden truths, maybe it was bringing the truth to light, and yeah. she didn't realize the full potential of this herb before yeah. sneaking that into her spell. Maybe that's and also crazy. performing glamour magic, which kind of harkens back to when you and I were talking about the roses Mm. and the specific rose color that was chosen to be on that breakfast table that morning were white roses, a symbol of innocence Mm -hmm. and using that to portray this, you know, glamour magic that they were- I just got chills. (laughs) That's like, yeah, totally. I didn't even think about that. Like they're trying to portray like their innocence. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get their scent. They're trying to get Gary off of their- tracks right yeah so by putting those white flowers and cutting down the red ones yeah like they're trying to pull the wool over his eyes but this kind of night this alternate property of the nigella seeds the bringing the truth to light Mm -hmm. kind of took the forefront Mm -hmm. they're like throwing that shiny thing over there they're like look over there and gary's like that's a ring that's that man's (laughs) ring i've been looking for and yeah everything backfired oh my god (laughs) These seeds are associated with the planet Venus and the element of water. So in magical workings, practitioners often combine different herbs, flowers, and roots to enhance their intentions, usually using odd numbers of ingredients. These botanicals can be carried in a cloth bag of corresponding colors, burned as an incense, added to spiritual baths, sprinkled at the threshold of a home, steeped in oil to create personal magical oils, or scattered in a bonfire to invoke their ancient magical properties. I have another little theory here. Okay, so going back to what you said. So these seeds are associated with the planet Venus and the element of water. Okay, we know the planet Venus or the goddess Venus is the goddess of love. Mm -hmm. So what if by using these, quote, blessing seeds in her spell to banish Gary, to send him away, Sally's spell that she did as a child 
the love spell, what if that kind of like flipped it on its head and was like, Sally's love spell banished the banishing spell, basically. <laughs> it, it double negative its ass out of there. Yeah. I can see a, that. That's a whole other theory. So maybe because these seeds are associated with the goddess of love and the element of water rules the emotions and just I'm wondering- love. Also, because Sally did that spell so long ago that it has had time to be get stronger and stronger and stronger. You know, just seniority. And this is such a like a little baby spell that her spell just knocked it out. Yeah. It's tenured in, you know, this, <laughs> this, this spell. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I totally see the Amasvadita spell just like given this Nigellus, the boot, or given this uh, whole uh, banishing spell, the boot. And it's like, no, this is, and did it say something about fate? With I think this, that uh, was your card that you pulled. The card that I just pulled? Yeah. All right. So maybe in essence, that was the fate. It was like, no, this is fate. This is Sally's fate. You can try to banish it, but this guy needs to stay here. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I like that. So we're going to go back to what Christina mentioned before about this love in a mist. So is that just another term for Nigella? Yeah, it's, it is. Okay. So love in a mist. The, uh, there are a bunch of uses in witchcraft and magic that you can use this for. So some of those things are binding spells, love or hexing. Again, comes down to your intention and what you want it to do glamours shape-shifting honoring hypatia which we're going to talk about in a second and elemental water magic and it's also a venus herb used a lot in love spells and love magic and that was from alchemyworks.com we'll link that below so now we're going to get into a little bit from the smithsonianmag.com and this says that hypatia was one of the great thinkers of ancient Alexandria and one of the first women to study and teach mathematics, astronomy, and philosophy. Though she is remembered more for her violent death, her dramatic life is a fascinating lens through which we may view the plight of science in an era of religious and sectarian conflict. Do we know? Okay, so it says she had a dramatic... I, I don't know much about Hypatia, do you? I don't do know, you know either. She, she sounds fascinating there was a whole write-up about her but i just took i just took the bare minimum it said she had a violent death so now i'm just curious so she was murdered apparently um so rumors spread accusing her of preventing orestes from reconciling with cyril and in march 4 1580 she was murdered by a mob of christians led by a lector named peter interesting peter hypatia i thought she was a goddess like a, like this article that i just read mm -hmm. i thought she was like a greek goddess but she was actually a woman yeah like she yeah. was an actual historical figure because hypatia is such like a goddess like name like, it is you know? it really is but it's also kind of like the saints or people who like on it like joan of arc you know martyrs, all the saints the martyrs like a yeah. martyr yeah mm -hmm. okay all right, so yeah, the, the name of this plant comes from a legend about Emperor Frederick, 1125 through 1190, who drowned in a shallow Turkish river as he was leading a crusade. According to the story, he was seduced by a water spirit with green hair who drowned him in the hip deep water. This plant sprang up at the shore and displays the water spirit's hair. So the author says, I like the contrast between the image of the mighty emperor and the delicate, innocent looking plant. By the way, the quote, spikes are very soft and not sharp. This magic herb is also known as bride in hair, 
from the Renaissance tradition of a bride going to her wedding with her hair down to signify her virginity, lots of maiden stuff going on here. <laughs> we normally think of Venus ruled plants as aids to love spells and such, but this legend hints at a great feminine power. This is going to be interesting to get into since we just had that like theoretical discussion about, you know, love and the whole twist with the plot of the oh, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the alchemist and physician Geber recognized this plant's power when he named it as an ingredient in his red elixir. Some of Love in a Mist's other common names are Jack in Prison, Love in a Tangle, Devil in a Bush. <laughs> uh, show that airy fairy love spells can be as binding and as powerful as the worst hex or curse. You don't fuck with the fae yeah yeah don't fuck with them this plant is associated with the sign of libra and with saint catherine of alexandria patron saint of maidens and female students who spoke to joan of arc saint catherine is nowadays considered to be a fictional character created by the church as a counter to the real person of hypatia of alexandria 370 through 416 ce can i touch on the maiden and the female students yeah in this scenario kylie and Jillian kind of ping pong back and forth at who is being the teacher. You're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Jillian is kind of having to relearn her magical uh, correspondences and her yes. herbs from this much younger person who you would think wouldn't have that. Right. But also Jillian is teaching little Kylie the real, real kind of darker aspects of love, but in like a nice, hopeful yeah. way, like you right. say. Yeah, quite quite the uh, difference from the Sudbury uh, speech that Jillian Jilly gives Ryan. Uh, Antonia, right? Yeah, uh, she gives it to Antonia, not Kylie, which is an interesting twist. Yeah, but yeah. it is the older sibling, just the name yeah. of the reverse. But I like that. Yeah. I like that this connection with the two student teacher kind of situation. Uh, the maiden this. and what did it say? The maiden female and students. The female student. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So all the later Christians myth. Uh, I guess this is why I thought she was a Greek goddess. It says, although later Christians mythologized her as a saint, she in fact never became a Christian. So we've got a crooked mirror image, a fictional Christian saint who we are told falsely was martyred by pagans and a real pagan who was actually martyred by Christians yep. and then later depicted by Christians as having been martyred by Egyptian pagans. Oh my Holy God. <laughs> wow. Twisted. Telephone. Holy Holy twist. I think these two stories go well with this plant and how its flower is both set off and caged by the frothy, soft, spiky leaves around it. Consider this plant then for works which involve glamours, shape-shifting, and other trickery. Again, trying to pull the wool over Gary's eyes, masking the situation for what it really is, right? Mm -hmm. St. Catherine is depicted as having been a virgin. Hypatia actually remained one. Once again, we see the maiden coming through. In the Victorian language of flowers, going back to that, which better fits with how this plant can be used for love charms. Love in a mist means kiss me or you puzzle me. <laughs> in India, the see and the uh, Victorian language of flowers, we learned that um, weren't didn't the Victorians use flowers a lot to convey hidden secret Message. messages? Yeah, revealing those hidden truths. Roses again. and magnolias yeah in that yep. bunch of hidden messages yes so in india the seeds are used as a sachet to keep bugs out of clothing rubbing them releases the scent of strawberry jam which is what its essential oil smells like Ooh. that sounds 
lovely. Uh, the seeds are used in cooking, flavoring for curry and a sprinkle on bread, and supposedly taste like nutmeg, but are nowhere near as good as those of its relative, Nigella sativa, also known as black cumin. So that's this is why I included it, because I was a little confused, because they are so interchangeable, mm -hmm. the damasina and the sativa. With their AKA names. And even this, they keep talking about the black cumin, but it smells different. But this is this. The link from this site, right, is hyphenated as Nigella Damasina, not Nigella Sativa, which the is Damasina, the more common one for cooking. Right. And the Damasina was a toxic one, right? Right. Interesting. I just, yeah. I'm just like, that's why I put both of those in there. Yeah. Just because like they're so mixed, mixed around each other, like the cedar and juniper, you know. Uh, right. Syndrome. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, but don't don't fuck up your uh, banishing spell by using the wrong one. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> so at one time, the seeds were roasted, and an ill person breathed in the fumes to dry the uh, dry the brain, <laughs> dry the brain, dry the brain. And it is mentioned by Dioscorides and Theophrastus for digestive complaints. This native of warm areas of Europe, North Africa, and the Near East was introduced into England in 1570 and since then has become naturalized in various places. Thomas Jefferson grew love in a mist in his garden. It was later popularized by gardener Gertrude Jekyll in her recreations of cottage gardens and some varieties bear her name. Indeed, it makes a good cut flower and the pods are nice dried. Try them as an addition to wreaths and bouquets for hand fastings. Bees enjoy the flowers. This plant looks especially nice planted with silvery companions like lavender or lamb's ear. Love in a mist is also known as wild fennel, ragged lady, <laughs> spider's legs, jack in prison, lady in the green, love entangled, love in a tangle, love in a puzzle, love in the shade, our lady in the shade, devil in a bush lady in a bower garden black seed hair of venus black caraway i've heard of black caraway mm. and damascus black cumin wow so, lots of different folk names lots of names yeah some other ways to use black seed oil uh, you can massage it into your scalp you can blend it into a green smoothie and this is the sativa this is mm -hmm. right the sativa yeah. not the damascena we were just talking about yeah and again you can find this in stores you can drizzle it over curries and lentils. It's an excellent additive to a roast root vegetable. Try black seed oil pre-blended with olive oil and... Sacha Inchi? Sacha Inchi oil. Um, or they have a Prima oil blend from this site. We will link it. You can drizzle it over hummus. Oh my God. <laughs> I just like... My peripheral saw hummus, but I thought it said humans. <laughs> <laughs> drizzle it over humans Ooh. <laughs> oh my God. not humans that, yeah. i mean you could but test patch it first you know yeah yeah you can mix with extra virgin olive oil and toss it into freshly steamed vegetables stir it into roast eggplant dishes add a teaspoon to yogurt cucumber raita or a tzatziki sauce yeah. uh, add a bit to your favorite vinaigrette salad dressing and or you can toss a spoonful into bean salads. So a little bit on the meaning, symbolism, and colors when it comes to the nigella love in a mist. It doesn't say whether or not this is the sativa or the other one. So it's an ornamental flower. I think it's this other one that um, needs very delicate care. The flower is symbolic of different things across cultures, but some interpretations and uses have become very common. More so with the advent of social media and commercial practice. Today, some forms of love in a mist flower meaning prevail over the rest. 
it has a wide use in the flowers dedicated to St. Catherine's month before Christmas, i.e. 25th of November. This is the day when the saint became a martyr while being tortured on a spiked wheel. We had a church, St. Catherine's. We could either go to Prince of Peace, which is our normal church, or St. Catherine's had like a Saturday evening mass in which you could like wear jeans, which we were never allowed to wear. So we always wanted to go to St. Catherine's, but I didn't know anything about her. You didn't wear your jeans. You wear your leather pants. I wore my, I wore my leather pants to church under my <laughs> altar server uniform. Oh, I love that. Okay, one. sorry. The flower is symbolic of that wheel, and its foliage is a reminder of the saint's sacrifice. Mm. That's fucking metal. Yeah, that is pretty Damn. Cool. Like, Tortured on a fucking spiked wheel? Holy shit. <laughs> North Africa carries some Renaissance traditions where the deception of its spiky seeds has earned this flower the name Devil in a Bush. Mm. A beautiful looking flower that attracts people but hides dangerous spikes like an enticing devil. Another less used name is Bride in Hair, i.e. a bride who married while last letting her hair down to signify virginity. This archaic interpretation continues to this day in Southeast Asia. All in all, the love in a mist, nigella flower, symbolic meanings are harmony and love. Yeah, and also the love in a mist comes with very with many different flower color meanings. So a white nigella flower, uh, the white flowers are often used in folk traditions and magic as an ode to the purity of love. Much like, you know, any other kind of flower that we've talked about um, that has multiple colors legends associated with the divine love of saint catherine to the transformative love of fairies oh all love in a mist nigella flowers are catherine flowers to the common folk the white flower is known by this name during the middle ages alchemists preferred this flower as an ingredient for their elixirs this flower was also associated with the virginity of new brides no wonder the meaning of love in a mist flower meaning expanded across many folklores white is a positive color and represents purity miss jekyll alba is a white nigella flower with pretty green seed pods it suits the cottage garden where you can make beautiful cut flowers and foliage for any vase the next color is pink this flower color is associated with the deceptive love of magic like the white flower which signifies good magic pink can be potent for bad magic it is often associated with the magical charm of the green nymph at the river, Goksu in Turkey. She captivated the leader of the Crusaders, Holy Emperor Frederick I, who we mentioned. The king got so infatuated with the spirit that he drowned in the river on a foggy day. After that, these flowers grew on the banks from the hair of the nymph. Legend has it that the nymph and the king were never seen again. Perhaps the meaning of love in a mist, nigella flower, was about internal love and not deception. Nigella mulberry rose was a beautiful pink flower with plumy foliage that grows in just eight weeks. It is easy to cultivate in a great addition to dried floral arrangements. It sounds so pretty, but the pink one is the most, uh, I guess, bad magic one. Um, so the blue color... Uh, the blue rendition of this flower and that's the one that i guess that we mostly see right mm -hmm. um, is associated with long lasting love it is about the peace associated with love this is not a turbulent love but a love that grants stability and helps in creation this flower is often used in bouquets that symbolize peace while modern wreaths at funerals have white flowers the blue love in a mist nigella flower may also be included for loving peace 
The blue color of this flower also represents freedom and inspiration. It is very traditional and conservative. Miss Jekyll Blue blooms in June with attractive sky blue flowers. It is the most valued self-seeder. It is a great filler in the garden and reseeds profusely. This flower is a good companion plant for Asian roses and lilies. The nigella flower, Oxford Blue, is very beautiful and appealing. It is a classic nigella flower. Heaps of feathery foliage with dreamy blue flowers are so attractive. It is great for a country style garden. It usually germinates in about 10 to 15 days. The next one is a pale purple color. Purple is often associated with royalty and love in a mist. Nigella flower is associated with virginity. Naturally, these interpretations represent a new bloodline among the royal and the wealthy. This flower is also symbolic of the nature of the newborn, how it can be a savior or a destroyer, the possibility of being a healer or a poison. Can I just wait? Hold on. Can I just say something really quick? All right. Yeah. So that whole line right there, this flower is symbolic of the nature of the newborn, how it can be a savior or destroyer. It can be a healer or a poison. Mm -hmm. flower that line all right so this show that i'm watching sweet tooth i told did i tell you what it was about yeah uh kind of but you can so basically this like virus breaks out i don't know if they if they filmed this before or after the pandemic happened but like the parallels are insane to me given like what we kind of went through and started to experience it didn't go as far as like a post-apocalyptic world like sweet tooth but like crazy so the whole basis of this story is that this virus happens right destroys mankind as we know it now the twist is that there like when the virus started the there were these newborns that were brought into the world these babies and they were hybrids okay mm -hmm. they're part animal part human now they're not sure whether or not the hybrids cause the virus or the hi the hybrids are actually a cure to the virus. Mm. So it's like, which is it, Interesting. right? But here's where the twist comes in. Mm -hmm. Flowers, okay? Wherever the virus spreads, these like purple flowers bloom. Oh my God, they're purple, so okay? So the flower is a symbolic of the nature of the newborn, the hybrids in Sweet Tooth, can be a savior or a destroyer. Do the hybrids cause the virus? Or are they the or, cure? Are they the cure for the virus? And the possibility of being a healer or a poison like a flower. Wow. <laughs> Nuts. Nuts. If, if you guys listening have never seen Sweet Tooth on Netflix, go watch it cutest show ever so many parallels between like what we went through in our pandemic to like what it could have turned into if it went into that post-apocalyptic kind of situation oh my God. but it's the That's show so cool it's, it's nuts yeah yeah very cool <laughs> anyway, a little bit we'll more on. just on the purple color the pale nature of this flower also represents duality in the royal bloodline how it can be in favor of the earthly power or the divine power that requires love and sacrifice some interesting facts about the love in a mist nigella flowers. So the root word for the love in a mist nigella flowers biological name is Niger or black. Ironically, this flower does not grow in black. Instead, it is commonly seen in the following colors, each of which has a different significance, which we just talked about. So the black may refer to its black seeds that are midway between medicine and poison. In the Hadith, they are quoted as seeds that can cure everything except death. 
You may also interpret the love in a misflower as meaning to be of medical significance. Nigella is very well known as a medicinal plant around the world. It has antioxidant, antiparasitic, antifungal, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory features, which we talked about in our earlier segment regarding all the science. It, uh, Nigella treats many medical conditions and diseases like digestive troubles, blood disorders, res respiratory conditions, skin problems, nervous system disorders, and more. It can destroy cancer cells, strengthen the good cells to fight against cancer. Nigella seeds are also used in cooking. They're used in baked foods, pickles, and dried foods, and it's also a good substitute for pepper. The seeds are aromatic and smell like pepper. And some of the sources that we pulled all of this stuff from is firewolfsmagic.com, alchemy-works.com, pansymaiden.com. So we'll link those below. So we have a couple spells and a couple little spells and little uh, recipes. This site was so cool. If you guys get a chance, check out witchofhowlingcreek.wordpress.com. We will link it. They have a few different ones, different characters. And mm -hmm. it's all about, it would, it's like, what would so-and-so do? And they had one about what would Jillian Owens do? They had one for Sally also, which I'm bummed we didn't have or look oh, into yeah. when we did our Sally episode or the Jillian episode. But anyway, right. these are two spells in, inspired by practical magic. The first one they listed out was one for a sisterly bond. It was like a friendship drink, but they also had sweet syrup for banishing negativity. Oh, this calls for two cups of maple syrup, a quarter cup fresh cranberries, and one teaspoon of ground cloves. Muddle cranberries with syrup to release their flavor, stir in the ground cloves, and serve over pancakes or waffles. So no Nigella in this one, but interesting that she didn't include Nigella though. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, if we're banishing here, if this is a practical magic themed uh, recipe, wondering why she yeah. didn't include the Nigella. Just well, curious. can cloves banish? Can, what else? Cranberries? Yeah, yeah it could probably be a stand-in mm -hmm. for the Nigella, maybe. Maybe the cloves. Mm -hmm. Um. So the next one is a banishing syrup tea. And this is from, um, we've mentioned Adagio, right? Adagio teas on here before. Um, and this is created by Paige Huntman. And the ingredients for this, um, this is a tea blended with oolong, green tea, black tea, cinnamon, apple pieces, maple flavor, cardamom, natural vanilla flavor, natural cream flavor, safflower, and clove. And the teas are cream, maple cream, oolong, and vanilla green, accented with chocolate chips. Sounds really tasty. Ooh. Yeah, and this is the same creator who has done the other teas we mentioned in like our character analysis. Um, and they their little packaging is so cute, like it very whimsical, very... Yeah, yeah, fonts and things. Uh, I was looking at the packaging and I'm trying to like figure out what oh, okay, it just says what what's in the tea. I was mm -hmm. like, what does that script say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. I wonder what image they what plant that is, the line art that they use for the front. I wonder what plant that is. Yeah, I don't know, because that doesn't look like the Nigella plant that we were talking about. Right? Is it Camellia sinensis? It might be Camellia sinensis. <laughs> it might be. This next recipe is from roomyspice.com, and it's for a black cumin simple syrup. This is for cocktail use, which sounds kind of good. Mm -hmm. It's uh, for the cumin pepper syrup. It says one tablespoon of whole wild black cumin seeds, half a cup of water, half a cup of sugar, five whole black peppercorns. That's a spicy bitch. Yeah. And for the cumin pepper syrup, toast your roomy spice black cumin seeds in a small saucepan over medium heat until fragrant and just beginning to darken. Add the water, 
the sugar and the black peppercorns, stirring to dissolve the sugar. Let it simmer for 15 minutes, strain and transfer into a container to cool. And that is your simple syrup you can use for cocktails. As an important note, not all black cumin products are the same. Most of the black cumin oil on the market contains between 0.5 and 1.2% essential oils. The more essential oil in the seeds, the better the healing benefit. Moreover, the plants grown in sandy soil with intense sunlight typically contain more essential oils and fatty acids. I know of one company, they say, who makes an oil containing up to 3% essential oils, a very superior product, they say. Wow. Um, black seed oil contains antioxidant and bioactive compounds. It may benefit skin and hair health and help reduce inflammation, all the stuff we just touched on. I just wanted to see because doTERRA makes a cumin oil. Cuminum uh -huh. simidum is the is the uh, it says that's where the seeds are extracted for, but from. But I don't know if that's the same thing as like a nigella flower. Yeah. I like that word. Yeah, cuminum simidum. 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 Okay, this isn't this isn't black cumin though. This is just I guess regular cumin. Yeah, this is typically used in more like I guess Mexican food. Um, it also says Indian food, Middle Eastern food, Asian food. Is regular cumin just like the leaves or the plant itself, itself, not necessarily the black seeds? It's like, it's a seed, but it's like a different, it's like a brown seed. It's not like a black seed. I guess it's more compared to like a caraway. It says black cumin seeds look like cumin seeds, but slightly differ in appearance and color. While common cumin is tan brown, black cumin seeds come in a darker brown. Moreover, black cumin seeds are sleeker and have a milder flavor than their common counterpart. I guess it's the same type of deal, but the the nigella produces the black cumin seeds, and then the common cumin is what the doTERRA oil is made from. Okay. All right. Yeah. So this is from wondermintgardens.com, and this article is titled An Herbal Interlude with, with Black Cumin. So this article explains how to make a joint cream since before we talked about how it was great with rheumatoid arthritis and other any kind of inflammation for this joint cream you need two tablespoons of black cumin oil two tablespoons of freshly ground black cumin seeds so you're using the ground seeds plus the oil i guess for enhanced benefits so place the black cumin oil in a small pot and warm it slowly over a low heat Add the seed powder, stirring together until it becomes inseparable, allow to cool, and store in a cool, dry place. Uh, then warm and apply to inflamed joints or arthritic joints as needed two times per day. If an infection is present, apply the cream cold. Interesting how, like, the temperature of the cream, like, like has, icy a, hot. has, like, a different kind of effect. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. I really want to get my hands on this stuff. Right. So there is a recipe here from the same site for black cumin tea. And it says to stabilize immune function and reduce allergies. So for this tea, you're going to need one tablespoon of finely ground black cumin seeds, one teaspoon of licorice root, one teaspoon of crushed anise seeds, one tablespoon of loose leaf black or green tea, and one pint of water. Mix the herbs and tea together and add to a teapot, add hot water, not quite boiling, steep for 10 minutes and sweeten with honey if desired. Drink one cup up to three times per day for four to six weeks. This tea can also be used as an inhalation for respiratory problems. Mm. I need this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you ever like poured... I guess like hot water in a bowl and then like put essential oils in it and then you kind of like put a towel over your head and you just, just yeah. like inhale the yeah. fumes 
that's great. I love doing that when I like I I'm having like any kind of respiratory or like sinus issues. Anytime I think of that, I think of the crocodile Dundee scene. Do you remember <laughs> that movie? No, I don't I think remember. It's the second one. I don't know, but this guy. <laughs> this guy's doing cocaine in a kitchen and crocodile <laughs> dundee comes in he's like oh man you gotta like you gotta you gotta go a little cold or something and the guy's like yeah i got a cold uh-huh. um and anyway the guy crocodile dundee takes this guy's stash he dumps it in a bowl with boiling water and he puts the bowl under the guy's face and puts a towel over his head he's like keep your head in there for about 10 minutes it'll cure you right up and his like lady friend's like you just dumped in like two grand worth of cocaine into that bowl <gasps> like that's all i think about <laughs> he's like and he thought to it do was- it Oh, he thought it was like, I guess, a way to help his cold. And he's like, here, just yeah. like in- inhale all this cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Because he was sitting there, the guy's sit- sitting there with like a sniffly oh nose. God. He's like, oh yeah, you got a cold? I'll give fix you right up. Oh my God. That's a little funny. mugwort. A little mugwort will fix that right up. Yeah. So where, where do we leave off here? You got the the gold nugget oh this is it this is it this is the nigella syrup this is uh i guess if you want to do a little banishing spell that doesn't work (laughs) (laughs) i think this is for sore throat because i saw this a few times okay so this is more on the medicinal side not the magical side there's no real intention here other than Mm -hmm. i guess curing a sore throat (laughs) so this is black human syrup and for this you're going to need one small clove of garlic two tablespoons of honey one teaspoon of finely ground black cumin seeds so you're going to crush the garlic with a garlic press or fork and mix with the honey and the ground seeds take one teaspoon of the syrup daily before breakfast for three weeks you can also add the honey to another herbal blend or black tea as desired or use it in a water as an inhalation by diluting the entire mixture with one quart of hot water yeah there is another site that we won't dive too much into they didn't have any syrup recipes but i wanted to just see and to look at this it's called two crumbs up.co slash practical magic and there's some really cool like uh fan made recipes justina pulled one out that she's going to go over um but i just say like some of the things they have on their menus they do have like uh, our menu excuse me it's fan created menu they have midnight margaritas they have an owen sister brew it looks like a um like a stew like a stew mm-hmm. brew like squash yeah, they got Maria's hanging ropes, which are little pastry puffs that are like twisted into to little ropes. They look cheesy. Um, they have a salad, which Justina's going to talk about. They got chocolate chip can- pancakes with cream. Really, really cute recipe. I think there's one or two more down there. But yeah, tell me, tell me about this one. What is this? Yeah, so this is the bl- this is the blood on the moon blood orange salad. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had an orange salad before? No, but I like blood oranges. I fucking love me an orange salad. My dad, okay, not a blood orange salad, but my dad, he makes um, just like a regular, like, you know, your common orange. Like, he'll peel it and then he'll slice them up. He'll pour them on a, he'll put them on a plate with like olive oil, salt, pepper, and uh, pinoli nuts and a little bit of mint, you know. Um, I did a take on an orange salad for my Bohemia Magic blog. I'll link it below. Um, But mine did not contain nigella seeds which this one this one does and this one also contains blood oranges hence the blood on the moon so this says blood on the moon is never a good sign especially with the ring around it but hopefully the addition of goat cheese fresh mint and nigella seeds will banish any associated bad luck especially when it comes to love 
having a tiger's eye necklace wouldn't hurt either. This is really, <laughs> this blog is really cute. So the ingredients you're going to need for this salad are three blood oranges, one teaspoon of olive oil, half teaspoon of honey, half teaspoon of freshly squeezed lemon juice, one and a half tablespoons of torn mint leaves, half tablespoon of nigella seeds, and one half cup of goat cheese crumbled. So for this, you're gonna assemble your ingredients. So to prepare your oranges, remove the rind with your fingers or a vegetable peeler, getting rid of as much of the white pith as possible. Slice it into full circles, about a quarter of an inch thick. Whisk olive oil, honey, and lemon juice into a bowl. Toss the orange slices in your dressing and let sit for about 15 minutes to allow the flavors to meld together. Then uh, it's time to assemble your salad. So place your oranges on a shallow bowl or a plate and sprinkle the mint and goat cheese on top. Finish with your nigella seeds. And um, did it say to pour on the vinaigrette? Yeah, but you, uh, yeah. So after you're done with your dressing and you put everything together, you pour the dressing on top after it sits for about 15 minutes. And the picture of the salad, it looks so pretty. It's so, like, beautiful, yeah. Pretty to eat. But like, I've never even thought about putting like nigella seeds on a salad. Um, no, I usually do the panoli, the panoli nut thing. Um, that little bit of extra crunch and a fruit salad is really nice. I want to get some of this. I just left the grocery store. It's 25 minutes from my house. Obviously not going to go get it today, but next time I'm up there, yeah. I will get it. Check it out. So it's the sativa that we want to cook with, not the damascena, correct? Correct. Yeah. Dominatrix. Dominatrix. Yeah. 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 So we've got witchofhellingcreek.wordpress.com, adagio.com, rumispice.com, and wondermintgardens.com. We will link all those in our show notes down below. I think that's all we have for you today. And just a reminder that you can check out all of our resources pertaining to today's episode via our hero.page link in our show notes. And thank you so much again to our patron and pal Mears for creating this app and keeping creators like us really, really organized. We appreciate you. And also, if you feel like supporting our show and hanging out with us and Mirrors and a couple other people over there who are just as much Practical Magic fans as the rest of us, you can join one of our tiers to help support the show. We have tiers ranging from $1 to $15. Our first tier is our Seedlings tier, and that you could get in as little as $1 a month. And that gets you access to our Patreon-only polls where you get to weigh in on what topics you think we should talk about next. It also gets you our monthly calendar so you can see what topics are coming up uh, for that month. And we also will give you a really cool little welcome shout out so you can hear your name on our show. And our $3 tier is our Lavender Bud tier. For $3 a month, you can get our show notes for each episode in a little aesthetically pleasing PDF. Everything's there, hyperlinked. I love the hyperlinks. Mm -hmm. You get after hours posts. If there's any little extra tidbits or behind the scenes info pertaining to any of our episodes, we'll post those along with blog posts or these extra photos that go along with the show. You can also get access to specifically curated Spotify playlists. We have created Spotify playlists for our WMSR episodes, as well as production dream playlist for each song episode that we've done and more. Our $5 tier is our lilac tier. And this gets you like a lot. You get access to our private Facebook community where we host our monthly live streams, plus access to our Discord server where we host monthly watch parties, 
Also on the Discord server, you can join in on the discussion with other Magnolia Street neighbors via the various interesting channels and threads. Um, the next tier up, we have our $8 Rose tier. This gets you access to extra audiovisual content, such as a once a month full length video episode, unlimited bonus videos, uncut footage, cutting room floor footage, bloopers, outtakes. We have a couple meditations up there. We have exclusive interviews, Old home videos from the vault are my specialty, spell or ritual videos, and more. So the bonus content to coincide with our song episodes, such as full-length demo streams of our original Practical Magic-inspired music, plus lyric sheets, guitar chords, original scratch demos, bonus video performances of our songs, and more. So that $8 tier encapsulates all of our music, all of our extra audio visuals, because they do take a little more time to put together and edit. But we love um, giving you guys all that extra bonus material because it is a lot of fun to revisit. Because uh, we know not everybody sees the visuals on every single episode that we upload to the Spotify. So some sometimes it's nice to take an excerpt here and there of like little little segments that we thought were a little more fun to include the visuals on. So those will be on the eight dollar tier. And then we lastly we have our fifteen dollar Wisteria Vine. This is our, our big mama, big mama tier. So just like a twisting wisteria vine, there's a way for you to stay connected with us, the Stinas. In this tier, we invite you to join our private Marco Polo video messaging group. And the app is totally free for both Android and iOS. So if you sign up with your phone, a phone number or email address, we will help you uh, get involved into that little thread from there. This is a great way to chat with each other in a more intimate group setting face-to-face -face via video recordings. And we love to show each other our pets, our gardens, and anything else you guys want to share with us. And just a reminder that the higher the tier that you sign up under, the more rewards you get because you get all of the rewards of the tiers down below it. And you can upgrade or downgrade or even cancel at any time. So in essence, to support the podcast, you can head to patreon.com slash Magnolia Street Podcast. We have merch. We got some t-shirts. We got some wall hangings. We got some merch over at our Teespring shop. We got some awesome designs over there, which you can access through our Koji link in our Instagram bio. You can get our original designs on pretty much any kind of apparel, as well as other items like coffee mugs, stickers, tote bags, and water bottles. And if there is a design over there that you like and you don't see it on an object or a piece of apparel let us know and we can put that design on whatever you would like to see yeah and uh, don't forget uh we are going to be taking over salem massachusetts in october we are hosting a midnight margarita meetup on friday the 13th of october of october from <laughs> from nine o'clock to midnight and we will also have exclusive merch for this event Christina designed a beautiful season one poster and t-shirt, which will be available for purchase, which we will be happy to sign for you at the event if you would like us to. And the purchase link for uh, these is actually live now, right? We, we posted the, the purchase link for those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we'll post the link to those in our show notes as well as our Koji bio on the Instagram. And we did tease a little small video clip of the poster. So if you wanted a little sneak peek of what that looks like, check out our Instagram feed. It's really beautiful. They're huge. The, how big did you say these were? They are big. They're 18 by 24. And that's kind of the smallest you can go on Teespring. Yeah. Just yeah. if you find another way to print on demand with a site that they can just log into. Mm-hmm. Let me know. We'll throw it up there too. If you just want like a 11 by 17 or eight and a half by 11, we'll try to figure that out. But they are nice. They're like a nice size and they're, they have like a little 
glossed them. Right, yeah. So if you guys, I hope you have enough space on your wall for these big boys. But mm -hmm. if, if not, yeah, maybe we'll do some research. If you guys do want these in a smaller size, uh, let us know and we will um, try to get that to you as well. Yeah. Um, but just a note that these will only be available for a limited time. I think we're only doing these through November 1st. So once season one wraps, mm -hmm. they're gone. So mm -hmm. get these while you can. And if you're planning on coming to Salem, we will be happy to sign those for you as well. So be sure to RSVP to our event via the Eventbrite link, which is where you can find all the updates about the event, the location, any other information you need to know. And that link is also in our show notes and it's also in our Koji link in our Instagram. And space is limited, so please, please, please just RSVP at your earliest convenience so we can get an idea of how many people to expect so we can let the venue know and plan accordingly. And if you would like, there are some additional ways to support the podcast. If you don't have the cash monies right now, you can listen to us on Spotify and give us a star rating. Um, five stars is preferable, but we will take <laughs> feedback how we can improve. If you are an Apple listener, give us a written review. If you are on Instagram, we would really appreciate any reposts or blurbs about our podcast. Make sure to tag us at Magnolia Street Podcast in your feed posts and stories and share us with your practical magic loving friends. We want to meet all of them. Yeah. Everybody. We want it to be a big, big ass block party on yeah. Magnolia Street. We do. But I think that's all we have for today. This was a really interesting episode. We learned some stuff. We learned some stuff. <laughs> we learned some stuff. We had some revelations, some new theories coming into play. It was mm -hmm. good time. I mean, we tuned in our ears yeah. to really what Jillian was saying. We we got our card poll that meant so much more than we thought it would. And like everything mm -hmm. just connected. Yeah, it's all connected. It always is right here on Magnolia Street. Thanks for uh, listening again today, guys. I'm Justina. I'm Christina. And, and we'll see you next, next time. time. At that house down the street. On Magnolia Street, would you go down to Magnolia Street with the wisteria girl? What did you do? I took out my recipe. Okay. I had it in the oh. wrong <laughs> Hold on. Uh, oh, 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 sorry. Okay. Go for Very it. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. pertaining to today's episode via the hero.page link justina what are you Sorry. doing <laughs> it wasn't spaced i had to bring the space back up all right i'm good now <laughs> let me see your hands